following a group of 10 young people in a series of facilitated workshops on issues relating to the climate crisis and the challenges we all face. There is no planet B. This is a journey through the climate crisis on KCLR. If burning fossil fuels was so bad that it threatened our very existence, how could we just continue like before? A journey through the climate crisis is funded by commissioning the man with a television license fee. Hello and welcome back to week four of a journey through the climate crisis. We are flying through the episode, the 10-piece documentary series, where we will follow a group of 10 young people from Osteria Youth as they take part in a bunch of workshops and learn quite a bit about climate change. I'm Shannon Redmond. I'll be the narrator throughout the programme and the series. And I'm hopping along for the ride and for the journey of a journey through the climate crisis. If you want to get in touch, you can do so. 083 306 9696 is our dinners ready text or WhatsApp. You can get us on that. Now, this week's episode is all about the house and how it starts at home and how energy saving starts at home and what we can do to even build more sustainable housing. Quite an interesting one. I think you'll find some of the changes mentioned you could all do at home. But before we kick off this week's episodes, let's hear some feedback from last week's session with Minister Malcolm Noonan. Okay, so before we move on to sustainability in homes, we are going to have a quick chat about your homework from last week. And as everybody knows, we had Minister Noonan in for a question and answer session. And just to say, we had a bit of feedback from Minister Noonan's office to say that following his questions and answers session with you guys, he went to a rotary meeting here in Kilkenny and he said that this was a way tougher gig than having to sit in on a rotary meeting. But he really enjoyed the challenging questions that she posed. So the homework we gave ye was to read up um, the government's action plan on climate change and to see how they can do things better to involve young people in addressing climate change. Before we move on to your suggestions in relation to the action plan, I'd like to hear your thoughts as to how you think the session went with Minister Noonan last week. Uh, I found it very interesting about the polar bears and the Antarctica um, because Antarctica is a big ocean that we haven't discovered yet because it's frozen over and it's very interesting facts about it. I really enjoyed having Mr. Noonan here to, you know, we could actually get some answers, you know, like it's not just, we're not just like sending emails and going straight to spam, you know, we're getting like answers and it's nice. And it was interesting getting to hear the points of my peers and obviously Mr. Nunes as well. I was very intrigued when he asked me about the voting age as a 17-year-old individual. And obviously it should be implemented. You know, like if my generation is going to be handling it, then we should have a say in what's going on. I wasn't here, but um, I listened back to it and I thought I think it was very interesting. And I really liked and enjoyed listening to uh, same as Nola, I wasn't able to attend last week, but I also listened back and I thought it was really interesting, um, all the points that were mentioned, and I also thought it was really good to have decision makers come together with young people to have a productive discussion, and all the points that were brought up were all brought up in a friendly and civic manner, which I thought was good, so um, I definitely liked listening to it. I 
found it very beneficial um, having Minister Noonan here sitting around a table having a conversation with young people because like uh, the group mentioned um, they are the future and these problems are going to lie with them so it was really important that they get to have their say. Um, I thought he was very open and honest with the young people. He didn't have all the answers um, but I think they felt listened to um, and also as well from our point of view as a youth service it was really good as to how we can be involved in this more as well and he also invited the group in September for a visit up to Leinster House which I thought was um, very nice and the group are really looking forward to it. I really enjoyed last week um, I thought every young person in the group was absolutely fantastic and how they were they were able to challenged the minister um, I think you definitely you mentioned that Cynthia you definitely felt challenged I know we talked the first week about um, about change and the importance of, of young people getting together with the decision makers and for all of your voices to be heard so I, I really thought last week was absolutely fantastic Oh, some great responses there from last week's session. A great bit of feedback. And you know what? I did say that Minister Malcolm Noonan took quite a grilling from the young people, but fair play to him. He taught them plenty and they came away knowing a lot more about the government side of things. And they seemed to really enjoy that session. So to kick off today's session, we are going to have a look at last week's homework. What have the group got for us? So we're going to go to last week's homework and we'll get your feedback on your thoughts on the government's action plan. So currently uh, the Irish government is not in line to meet the 1.5 degree goal that was agreed upon in the Paris Agreement, but also that was um, again agreed upon at COP26. But after reading the Climate Action Plan for 2023, it is good to see the 75 percent reduction in carbon emissions that they're planning because it does make me hopeful that maybe this is something that can be reached in the future um, as well as that there's a lot about citizen um, engagement such as uh, improving climate literacy and having uh, youth uh, talks and making sure that young people are engaged but I think the most important thing is making sure that it's not just a form of tokenism and that people if you do hold these events that young people are actually heard then their opinions are taken into account and implemented which I think is something that Ireland is improving on. Um, but just the one thing is that climate refugees aren't mentioned in this and there are supposedly going to be 1.2 billion by 2050. And I think it's an important factor to be considered. Um, I found interesting that the building better was only 45% and I thought it'd be higher than that because uh, humans have been living here for like a long time. So I thought it'd be like way better I said be a hundred percent or over that because we should be over 50 percent because we have the ability to make a stronger and a better house. Um, I found interesting the transforming how we travel I, I saw that there's 50 redu um, reduction in emissions 50 percent and um, I find it interesting the way um, people like I'm a cycle ambassador in my school and I've been working all this year about um, trying to get um, people from my school to cycle to school. So um, I think that that could, be, that could be possible and I really like working on it and I hope it gets better. And I think traveling is a really 
big cause for climate change. So after reading the Climate Action Plan for 2023, it made me raise an eyebrow. Like, don't get me wrong, the goals for, you know, powering renewables and building better and, you know, transforming our travel, like, they're all very important goals that we should be going through. But, like, transforming how we travel seem, seems like it's easier said than done. Like, as a, as a disabled individual, like, getting around is not easy, right? And if you bring people into it, then... You know, it becomes a little more iffy, if you get what I mean. Like, people are people, and they're not going to be peaceful with each other all the time, you know? And there are, like, a lot of fears and worries when you're going on public transport and whatnot. And it's down to, like, safety and, you know. Thanks, guys. That was really fantastic feedback. And um, as we mentioned to Minister Noonan last week, we're we're going to pass on that feedback to the Minister. So thanks a million. So to help the group understand sustainable housing that bit more, before our guest speaker makes an appearance this week, the group have been tasked with watching a video from a very famous architect called 21 Sustainable Ideas for Making a More Efficient Home. They have to watch this video and then give their thoughts on if they think what has been said is actually doable. Here's what they had to say. Okay, everyone. So having watched that video on 21 sustainable ideas for making a more uh, efficient home, uh, I'd like your thoughts on it. What did you think? Are they realistic? Do you think it's possible? Um, So over to you. I think it's definitely possible um, in the future and especially now that we're building more sustainable houses as well and I noticed that in the video a lot of the um, stuff that he mentioned was really easy to implement like the LED lighting or using energy star applications um, and making sure there's no um, POV I think he said in the materials that you're using Um, and all this this small stuff really adds to a big long-term impact which is really good so I found that video really beneficial and it'll help us in the next exercise. Do you think, Mita, though, that this is possible considering that to be more sustainable materials might be more expensive? And in the current climate that we're in now, do you think that's really going to be possible for uh, the average household to be able to implement all of these? I do think it's actually possible because a lot of the new houses that are now being built already have these implemented. And also the stuff that I mentioned, like LED light light bulbs, they're actually pretty much the same cost as a normal average light bulb, but they're much more efficient in the long term and they save a lot of energy as well. So um, I do think if you want, these can be implemented because even small changes can make a big difference. After watching the video, um, I'm confident to say that they they're doable. They seem doable. And after watching the video and like seeing the point that smaller houses are way more sustainable, to that I say, ha. Because to put this into perspective, as a three foot nine individual, I was made fun of for my short height. And like after hearing that smaller houses are more sustainable, I can be like, you know, I'm short people are the future and whatnot. After seeing the video, I find it really interesting and I think it's possible to make like all these points and stuff so and also find really interesting the part where he said about the plants that you have to like plant things that you can in your area like where you live and also the vegetable garden thing is really interesting as well
I found it interesting that house, housing are getting better and I would say in the future we'd probably have a stronger and a better healthy housing. Well, like Nola said there, I, I think that there's there's a lot in that video, small changes that we could all make. Um, do you know, like you, you were also saying as well, um, you dad, you know, about the light bulbs and it is it is definitely, you know, straight off it is a, a big expense but in the long run I think it will make a lot of a lot of positive changes um, and will be cheaper it's I think how we're living at the moment is nearly like a false economy isn't it like um, but I love the ideas about like you were saying Chesie about this, the smaller house now I don't feel so bad about living in a little tiny house at the moment <laughs> um, and I love the, the idea of you know the south facing um, houses like that, you know, you can you can heat your house, you can light your house without actually having to use energy. So, yeah, I thought it was a great video. It seems there was plenty to learn from that video. And you know what? Maybe it isn't too bad to make a house that bit more sustainable. They can now take their learnings from this and put it in to our next fun challenge that we have set them all. This challenge is one to really get their thinking caps on. Let's hear what we have in store for them. Okay, so here comes the fun bit. We're actually setting you a challenge within the episode rather than it being homework. So we're going to divide you up into two teams and you're going to have to design and build what would be in reality a sustainable home for you guys. But you're going to make it out of cardboard here today. And we're going to see what you come up with. And based on what you saw in the video earlier from the architect around, you know, all the really cool ideas around what you can do around the home, maybe you might be able to use some of those ideas in your design. So we are dividing you up into two teams. So on team one, we have Adam and Mida. And on team two, we have Nola and Chesi. First up to take on this challenge and put their building skills to the test. It is Mida and Adam. Okay, so um, I think we should use that cardboard box because it's smaller and we saw in the video if it's smaller, it's more efficient. So we just need to like find a roof for the house then. Yeah, I said just use one of the cardboards and make a roof on it and just... Yeah, we could make it open and close so they can see the interior as well and we can add some insulation um, and then say we have some LED lighting. So we should get started on cutting it up then. Okay, so we have to get maybe that purple box. That looks small. Oh, never mind, that's too big. Um, yeah, that one's probably the one we're going to go with. Okay, so we have a rectangular, small, red-shaped box that we're going to use as the base of our house. Um, and now we're going to find the roof for it. So we need one. Yeah, if you cut that up, that would work. And then put it if you put it over, maybe. Here's the scissors. Um, and maybe have, like, two going up so we can add solar panels as well. If you have, yeah, okay. Can you pass me that yellow marker? Thank you. Okay, so um, on the piece of paper, I just have um, a lot of stuff written from the video that we watched and what we can add in. So as we go through it, I'll just explain what we're doing. Ah. And at the end, I'll run through the whole house. Okay, so he just cut off a piece of cardboard, which he folded in half, and he's putting over the rectangular red box as kind of a roof. Um, and it's a bit slanted, so we can add solar panels on top. Here, for the solar panels. Now he's 
You can just draw on it. Well, what I was thinking was to sellotape this to the box and then make a triangle going off like that. So I was. Oh yeah, uh, so we're putting the tape on the sides now and we're also ensuring that the house is airtight so it's conserving the heat inside it. And we're also going to add ERV inside, which are basically just little tubes inside the house. Um, and ERV is energy recovery ventilation, so it'll help keep the air inside, but it also it's also going to preheat it and pre-cool it so you're not wasting energy within the house. So I'm going to get started on making those little tubes with the cardboard. And Adam is right now struggling with the tape to get on the roof. Oh, Adam, we have three minutes left. Uh, we have three minutes left right now, and we only have the roof done, so we are currently rushing to get our house built. Here, can you add this inside as the ERV? Oh, okay. I'm getting up. Sorry, one second. So currently our house is airtight, has ERV, and it also um, has solar panels on top with a slanted roof. Now we're going to add some LEDs inside for energy conservation. Painting, um, I'm drawing on the piece of cardboard to make it look like a light bulb. It's red. Okay, um, we can't really do this, but we're going to make sure that all our materials that we're building this with are local, recycled, and uh, yeah, they're locally sourced. So we're, yeah, we're only using locally sourced materials in this house as well. Oh, we need to add a toilet. No, because it needs dual flushes for water conservation. Can you tape this? Can you tape the side? Give it. How much time do we have left? Oh, one thing. Yeah, can we cut out a door here, maybe? We just need a door, and we'll be fine. We'll have this on the side of the house. It's a vegetable garden that we're planting for um, sustainability as well. I think it's pretty good for six minutes. I think we did great with it. Some impressive stuff there, especially for the time limit they had. Let's take a listen to what group coordinator Jacinta has to say about the house. Visually, it looks like a house. Um, not sure about the sustainability of it, but I think you made a great effort. 10 out of 10 for effort in trying to get uh, the job done under pressure. So well done, guys. Ooh, some high praise there. Can Chesi and Nola top that? Well, it's time to find out. Hi, my name is Chesi and I am the project manager for our house building exercise. Um, Nola is now grabbing a box thing. We made a plan of making a two-story house with an added like roof that could be also be adopted for a living space. The roof is planning like a slant is slanted, so we can have like solar panels on it. So you know we can reuse the energy and whatnot. So, anyways, um, Nola, she grabbed a box, a box cardboard box, a tan brown maroon maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. She is cutting the flat one because that's what people do. That's how we make things. You know. Uh, <laughs> So our, our main idea for the house is that it's going to be sustainable. So it's like for things like washing your hands and like bathing and whatnot, the same water is going to be reused in like for like um, toilets and like watering plants and such. Because the water is the water we use is not going to be like completely ruined, you know, it's not going to be too contaminated for those purposes. Anyway, um, all right, tape is being cut. Tape is being cut. Look at her go. The speed, the the precision. 
She's got this. I'm not worried. We're fine. We're sliding the roof to, you know, um, if it rains, the water can, like, slide off the roof to go onto, you know, the bottom, right? So you can, like, collect the rainwater so you can use it for the house, because that's good. And obviously, the slant to the roof is going to help with the solar panels and whatnot for the sunlight to hit it more efficiently. So now Nola is taping a piece of the box onto another. We're we're adding um, a garden outside, and we're going to be, like, sustainable with, like, fruits and vegetables, like carrots, potatoes even, cabbages. And it's gonna be used it's gonna be like used with the same rainwater that's collected from the roof, if that makes sense. Here we have green post-its and we we're gonna be using them as the garden. You know? Cause green, grass, plants, nature, you know? I'm making a slide um roof so the water goes down when it rains and it drops into a kind of tube that will transport the water um, geothermal energy geothermal energy and um, it will be reused for the house and also um, for the plants we have in the back garden so since our house has solar panels we're going to be using the, the energy we get from the sun to power a lift because this place is going to be accessible you know because we love that accessibility and such. The um, the material of the house we're imagining is like a very durable plastic made of plants, plant matter and like biomass. Like pretty durable stuff, you know, like the good kind. And right now, Nola, she is making a door, a doorway so people can get into the house. Because what is the house if you can't get into it, you know? She is cutting out more cardboard to put it on the slanted roof to act as a solar panel. Yeah, we're gonna have multiple on it because, you know, why would we have? Why would we? Why would we have two when we can have three? You know, more, more tape, more tape. We got this. It ain't pretty, but it is functional. Our house is like two stories, but the roof where like it's slanted, that space is gonna be livable too. It's not just gonna be for storing things and whatnot. We were planning to have like a large window at the flat side of the roof, like opposite the solar panels. So, you know, we're still getting light inside. I feel like this house would be suitable for like three to four people. They could like live there comfortably. Um, I could have used the um, clear tape to make it look nicer. Anyway, um, it's kind of nice. It's small, like we said, and it has a roof that um, it slides so we can get the water and it also has solar panels. And there's a window at the top and a door at the front. And also at the side, um, you can see a garden. I think it went well. We only had like six minutes to do it and like six minutes is barely anything. So wait, what we have, I think it went really well. Oh, both groups seem to have really listened to that video and taken some tips and tricks from it. Chessie and Nola knocked that one out of the park. Will Jacinta rate it as highly as she rated Adam Mamidas? Well done, Chessie and Nola. I think you worked extremely well under the time pressure. Um, the house is very compact, is the word I'd use. Um, quite together, uh, small but efficient, which is one of the things I think you wanted to achieve. So well done for putting together something so quickly under such short time restraint. Oh, it's going to be a close call. 
I wonder what the newly appointed builders have to say about their houses. So Adam and Mida, would you be able to quickly uh, summarise what is happening in your in your house that you've built to the other group? So our house, we're just gonna, um, so in the inside we have LED lights, which we actually do have cardboards inside. And we also have all Energy Star applica- um, appliances to you know make sure it's sustainable. And it's also a small compact house um, and all our materials are locally sourced and recycled um, and they have low VOC, which is volatile organic compounds. Also, it's very airtight. You can see it from all the tape surrounding it. And it has insulation, which is the um, clear tape over here. Or sorry, the um, the white tape or yellow. Um, and it also has ERV, which are the little tubes I added inside when we were making the house, which are energy recovery ventilation. So because it's airtight, it, the air needs to escape. So with the ERV, it goes out and it comes in preheated and pre-cooled. So that saves energy. We also have smart thermostats in there, which are little coloredy bits on the inside, which kind of detect your patterns. And then that way they mac- they optimize your energy uses to the most efficient manner. So you're not wasting any energy. Um, and we also have water collection, rainwater. So the, this kind of like white tape or the clear tape all around surrounding the roof, that's the rainwater collection. Um, then we also have solar panels, which are kind of badly placed, but you just have to pretend they're on the roof. Um, and we also have a vegetable garden on the side, pretty big one. Um, and yeah, that's our little brief description of the house. Okay, so Chazzy and Nola, would you like to describe your house to the other group, please? It's good, it's good, it's good. We we only had like six minutes to build it, so our house, it's a two-story house, but has... The roof is like li- livable, like you can hang out up there if you want, because we have space for that. Such, so like the house is like built out of um, plant-based plastic and like the good, durable kind, so it's sustainable. It can like, you know, be there for a while. Yeah, uh, we have a slanted roof as well, and we have solar panels on the slant. They're in the right place. In the house, we have a lift. And it's gonna be, it's powered by the solar panels. Like, you know, by the sun. Cause yeah, we love that sustainability. So like Sue said, it's a two story house, um, but it's a small house and it uh, has a slide roof with solar panels. There's a window. Um, so the pe- person that's staying at the roof, like kinda, it can have light. Also there at the sides, you can see that there's holes. It's not holes, it's supposed to be a window. So there's more light into the house and there's like, you can use, like in the daytime, you don't use as much energy as like you can have, you can use the sunlight. And um, also we have geothermal energy from the rain. Um, that's why we did the slide um, roof. So the rain that falls into this, pla- um, this um, tube that goes to the um, to renew water in the house and to the garden. After seeing some rather questionable aspects about some of the houses, the group do have a few questions for one another. I'd, I'd like to know the, the new concept of Adam's design as to how solar panels work uh, <laughs> under the roof. Okay, so this is basically, all right, so you see this, this is glass. All right, one is facing north, one is facing south. So the sun is going to glare down into it and make the power generate and save electricity. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm breaking out in a sweat just listening to the competition between the two groups. But do we have a winner? So for our listeners, um, I think it's only fair to say that huge effort went into both houses. And I think because of the time uh, constraints for both groups, I think at the moment, because they're not technically fully finished, if the builders would agree with me on that, I think it's fair to say that it's a draw in relation to the design on both houses, because I think there's just super um, initiatives from both houses. So with the time restraints of six minutes, I think it's fair to say that it's a draw. It's time to meet our guest speaker for this week. It is Colm O'Mahony from South East Energy Agency. He's going to chat with the group about his work and housing sustainability and how we can all work together to make sure we're saving some energy at home. Hi, my name is Colm O'Mahony. I'm an energy engineer and I work with the South East Energy Agency. So as we work in with different various organisations, including homeowners, where we help them understand their energy consumption and the efficiency of their home and how to reduce their energy consumption, their CO2 emissions and improve the thermal comfort of their home. I work uh, primarily in the domestic retrofitting sector. We work with, as I said, homeowners, approved housing bodies, voluntary housing associations, really in identifying a baseline of how efficient their home is. And then we provide them with a roadmap of what measures or what works to complete in order to make their home more efficient. So just to touch on, I suppose, the initial process would be to understand their baseline, which really is identified in a building energy rating, the BER cert. Now the BER cert is a scale that goes from A to G, with A being the most efficient and G being the least efficient home. Um, Is it something a lot of houses need? Yeah, just a, just a great question, I suppose. 40% of Ireland's energy-related carbon emissions um, come from buildings. Now, the housing or the residential sector specifically accounts for a quarter of these energy and CO2 emissions. So as a government, we have committed to retrofitting over 500,000 homes to a, a B2 on the building energy rating scale or a cost-optimal equivalent by 2030. Now, just to put them to some context, 50% of our current housing stock in Ireland have a BER rating of D or below. So I suppose this signifies and shows there's a, a big requirement to retrofit and improve the energy efficiency of our current housing stock and really to move what we've done Previously, is shallow retrofits, which is individual measures, whether that is insulating your attic or your cavity wall, to look at a more whole house approach and to look at the home as a system and look at more deep retrofits. We're looking at a combination of measures where you look at your building fabric, which is your external walls, your roof, the windows and doors, and your floor. And um make them elements more efficient and then look at your heating system where we need to move away from using fossil fuel based systems to more sustainable renewable heating systems. 
What is the most common energy waste in the home? Uh, I just like to, I suppose initially we need to look at where energy is used and where energy can be lost in the home. So again, when you look at the, the Binlin envelope, which as I said is the your walls, roof, windows and doors and floor, an inefficient home can lose up to 30 to 35% of your heat through your roof. You lose maybe 20 to 30% through your walls, which are, um, I suppose, big elements that you can look at improving, I suppose, initially. Again, your windows and doors, you can lose 10, 15%. Ventilation losses can be 25%. But again, that was to look at an inefficient building. But when you're looking at how energy is used and consumed in the home, I suppose really your heating can account for 65 to 75% of your total energy consumption. Mainly your space heating, which is heating your radiators and ensuring your house is up to a required living standard temperature. What is the easiest way to reduce your energy usage? There are some simple tips that we can, that we can, that we can go through in, in order to or behavioural changes or awareness. But again, it's vital that you can understand how energy is consumed in your home. And really, you need to look at a fabric-first approach where you're looking at making your building envelope more efficient, sealing any drafts or penetrations through your external envelope, and then looking at your, your heating and ventilation system. But again, if you just like to touch on some simple energy-saving tips, just like on your heating system alone, you could adjust the thermostat. You would say lowering the thermostat by one degree can often save 10% of your heating bill. Again, it's kind of recommended to set your living areas between 18 and 20 degrees, but you could send it to your hallways or bedrooms maybe to 16 to 18 degrees can have a significant difference. Also, it's vital for just to keep doors closed and when your heating is on. And again, it's vital to have correct controls in place for your heating system. Just another simple tip can be to just avoid drawing clothes on radiators. I know it sounds simple, but putting clothes on the radiator can significantly reduce the efficiency of your radiator itself and the heating system. So maybe use a drying a rack or a clothes horse instead. Again, it's also vital to tackle any drafts. It's going to often be a simple home or a DIY job where you can look for drafts around your, your windows or any penetrations in the binding envelope and seal just to reduce your energy loss through the binding envelope. Do you think people waste way too much water? Yes, again, your domestic hot water, as I say, space heating, or space heating is probably the main contributor when you're heating, but your your water heating, again, you can choose a shower over the bath. Showers use 20% approximately of the energy needed for a bath. And if you are using a shower, maybe look at reducing the amount of time in, in the shower, especially when you have maybe a pumped electric showers with the cost of electricity, I suppose, currently. Again, domestic hot water, you could look at insulating putting an insulated jacket, a lagging jacket on your hot water cylinder, insulate the pipework in the heating system, I suppose reduce, it will reduce any heat loss throughout the, 
distribution system and the pipe work. Again, it can also be a good idea when you're washing clothes just to put uh, set the washing machine into maybe a lower temperature and also, again, run full loads in the washing machines and dishwashers also, again, like the, is a, just a simple tip that can reduce your energy consumption at home. Are you also careful about your energy consumption at home and is it an easy behavioural change to implement? Uh, I am very more con- conscious now and again, it's, it's about being more aware of when we and how we use energy. And I suppose simple things like turning off light switches, plugging, switching sockets off at the point of use, plugging sockets out because again, when, when, when appliances are plugged in, they're still using standby or phantom energy. So it's just, it's a good habit to get into. And again, it's good to have an energy monitor. You know, there's energy monitors that are displayed because it's it's a good one. You can see what energy you're consuming, I suppose, then you're more conscious. Because again, you really can't manage what you don't measure. So it's vital that you can see when you're using energy. And again, it's more about a behavioral change and being aware where you are using energy which there is, again, vast information out there on how to consume and tips for energy usage at home. But personally, myself, I find myself more conscious. I know we're in a climate crisis. We have to reduce our CO2 emissions and our energy consumption. It's a, it's good behavioural change. I find it's uh, not true thing once you get used of it, I suppose. Again, it's a more behavioural change. Do you think there should be incentives for homes to not use as much energy? Well, there's great um, incentives out there from programs from the SEAI for upgrading inefficient homes. So there's grant funding for different building and house types for detached homes, semi-detached, in the terrace, mid-terrace and apartments. I suppose there's three strands, really. There's the individual route, there's the warmer homes program, and there's the one-stop shops where there's grant funding provided for specific elements like wall, roof, windows and doors, heating systems and DCV. But again, there's, as more than an incentive, there's a lot of awareness and material and videos available on how to reduce your energy consumption at home. And again, sim- simple tricks. So you could have, I suppose, the most efficient building an area building, but if we're not using the system efficiently and if we don't understand how and when energy is used, so then you're not you're not worth your while really, I suppose. Where does the work you do come into play with that? So I thought just on a a general project, I suppose we as energy retrofitting engineers, we would work with various contractors and subcontractors, tradesmen, technical assessors, so as in order to deliver again what our very hard, but have again necessary targets to meet 500,000 retrofitting homes by 2030. So again, there is a need for competent contractors, but it's also vital to understand that uh, there is a difference between retrofitting and uh, I suppose completing a new build. I suppose contractors are aware that they need to be working in occupied homes, but I suppose we're finding why there are a lot of competent contractors, assessors, technical advisors, there is a shortage, I suppose, of skills in the retrofitting industry, which is, I suppose, it is an, an area that is, is lacking, I suppose, some technical assessors and it's lacking some stakeholders in the industry, but there are some very competent training programs, NZ centres developing for trying to 
enable us to be able to have the capacity and the skill force and the workforce to meet our targets. It is a very bright area, I suppose, for anyone to be getting involved in. The retrofitting industry is thriving. There is targets there, I suppose, that need to be achieved if we're going to reduce our impact on the environment. So again, it's it's, it's a, a key area, a very interesting area as well, I suppose. It's you get a sense of achievement when you go in and work in a home that maybe had condensation issues, which might have led to damp or mold in the home. And I suppose you work with a homeowner um, through the initial query to the project completion. And you can see, I suppose, the increase in thermal comfort, indoor air quality, quality of living, I suppose, in these homeowners' um, post-works once they've actually lived in a more efficient, comfortable home. Is it possible to get those retrofitting contractors? Well, currently we have, we're delivering projects through the Better Energy Communities Programme um, through SEI. Again, we're finding that currently, as was again, the cost of retrofitting, a deep retrofit, it can be a significant cost to some homeowners. And again, a lot of homeowners that are living in more inefficient buildings are probably more vulnerable homeowners. But again, there are competent contractors available to complete the works, but again, maybe not at the scale required to deliver our targets for the next seven to ten years. What grants are available? Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, SAI, uh, have various grant funding available for different um, homeowners, different house types. Again, there's a safe value per house type just to give an example, this was for your ceiling in, uh, ceiling insulation varies from 1,200 to 1,500 euro to complete your towards the works for your attic insulation. Again, there's um, different grant funding available for cavity wall insulation, external wall insulation. Again, it depends on the actual program, but there's grant funding available for heat pump systems, heating controls, and again for ventilation systems, depending on the specific program requirements. And this is all as was available on Southeast Energy Agency's website or the SEAI's website. The group had a great chat with Colm O'Mahony there, really learning that the facts and the tips they learned in the video do transcribe into real life on building houses sustainably. So a huge thank you to Colm for chatting with the group. Now we will be giving out this week's homework shortly, but before we do that, it's time to check in with Trish for this week's Climate Curiosities. Climate Curiosities, exploring the wonders of our changing world. Here's a surprising fact. Electronics and gadgets left plugged in, even when not in use, still use energy. It's called phantom or vampire energy. Unplugging devices or using power strips can help stop this energy drain and lower your electricity consumption, therefore helping the planet. It's a win-win. Climate Curiosities, exploring the wonders of our changing world. Thank you for that, Trish. Now, let's check in on what homework we have for the group to do. So the homework I have for everyone for next week, I have a a little pledge cut out here for everyone to bring home. Um, And your task is for to create a pledge for each of your households at home to make behaviour changes 
around um, sustainability in, in the home and yeah, actions around climate change. So would everyone be happy to, to take one and maybe put it on, on their fridge at home and have a discussion at home about what you'll all pledge to, to change? Yeah. What is a pledge word? So a pledge is a promise and an agreement maybe that everyone in the house is going to yeah, agree to promise that they're going to change something. Does that sound good? Yeah. So in a way, it's a sort of contract. Exactly. Like the group contract we did at the start. So it's a group, a household contract around climate change. Okay, so we might ask for some suggestions around the table as to what we might include in our pledge and maybe a little hint for somebody. Uh, going back to our very first meeting when we met as a group, um, there was kind of some obvious things that we could do within our building here to be more sustainable. Can anybody remember what those were? Uh, it was lights, uh, leaving the lights on and using them when it, we have windows and the sun is coming in. Another suggestion I have is that, like, we'd be more vocal about, like, what we want for mealtimes and such, because, you know, we shouldn't be buying more food than we're actually going to eat before they expire and whatnot. So if we, you know, all come together as a, as a household and be like, well, this is what I want, and, like, you know, compromise, we can, like, reduce food miles and, you know, because that, that impacts us as well. People always think it's, like, lights and things, but no, it's also food. Um, another pleasure that you could make within your family would also be to uh, not buy uh, clothing from fast fashion and also to upcycle your clothes and reuse them and not buy clothes that you're only going to wear once off, which is also going to help because that's a way more sustainable method. And it's also going to make sure that you're not being you're not exploiting child labor and you're also not um, polluting the environment with carbon emissions that it takes for the clothes to travel. Also, we could reduce plastic, the plastic we use in our day, by mm, changing it with other products like cardboard or um, maybe get separate fruit or when you're in the supermarket, instead of plastic bags, um, bring bags from your house. Another one would also be uh, recycling. I know we mentioned this in the first episode, but just make sure you're recycling the stuff in your home properly because if you put something wrong in the recycling bin, the whole bin gets contaminated and has to go to the landfill. So just like make yourself aware of what stuff can and cannot be recycled because that'll make a big difference as well. Just a reminder that those random symbols that you see on like plastic things, they mean something. They're not just there for the fun of it. Like if there's any confusion on which bin it should go, you can always look it up. Or, you know, ask people if they have any idea what they mean. Um, I would say to wear your clothes uh, kind of twice, maybe. Um, because if you keep getting changed every day, you're going to end up using more electricity to wash them and you'll have, like, five loads to do and a lot of washing if you have a big family. Ruth, what are you going to pledge? I'm really liking that suggestion of... of only having to do one load of, of washing because it's going to also save a lot of electricity for earning as well. So I'm, I'm going to be getting my household to pledge wear clothes more than once. So they're really brilliant suggestions. So looking forward to hearing back next week. Go home to your families and, and get your pledges ready together. And with that, we wrap up this fun-filled day. Oh my goodness, the excitement was huge. And the group are still running on it, but that's only going to get stronger because next week we are shifting gears and looking at transport. Chat then. 
You've been listening to a journey through the climate crisis on KCLR. To hear this episode again and more, download the KCLR app. A journey through the climate crisis is funded by commissioning the man with a television license fee.